This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about espresso. Yes. Oh, I could use an espresso right now. I could use about 19 espressos right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. For some reason, I told Lauren this. I've gotten on this weird mountaineering kick where I'm just watching all these videos about mountaineering. <laughs> so I stayed up late watching them. Huh. I'm so curious about how this came to be. I mean, I know that you are too, but like I, yeah, it's just. I think it's mostly because I had a free trial of Paramount Plus first oh, and then I got okay. one of IFC second and they both have mountaineering documentaries <laughs> and I, I'm not entirely sure how I arrived to that point, but I was just trying to make the most of my money. Uh, well, my money, my free trial. You're, you're not money, right. <laughs> yeah, my exactly. <laughs> but yes, I stayed up quite late uh, watching these. And I was so tired, too. Like, there was a get-together last night, and I really wanted to go. I was too tired to go, and I was trying to be an adult, and then I ended up just watching these mountaineering <laughs> videos. Hey, you're allowed. You're allowed to adult however you want. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. I, I will thank you. Um I just uh I just I just love I just love espresso and it's so comforting to me. Uh and I and I feel like I could use that right now. And I could use usually right about now is when I'm like, oh, do I have a cup of coffee? Have I not made myself a cup of coffee? I should be having a cup of coffee. This is my like mm. last time to do that before. It would create a di- – it's last call, last call for coffee. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Well, as you know, I have my – I have to be to and through by 12 p.m. <laughs> However, um, I do love – I also love espresso. I used to think when I was younger, I remember thinking it was so sophisticated. Like that was – if I touched it, I would, like, catch on fire or something because I'm not sophisticated. Uh, like, my taste buds are not worthy of the drink. Um, and I also thought that the caffeine level was way too high for me. I'm not entirely sure where I got that idea. Um, but I did. I thought the caffeine was way too high. Um, but since then, 
I have had so many lovely espressos and I, I love them after a nice dinner or with dessert. They're just like the most warm sigh I could do without annoying you listeners. But yeah, that's oh. how I feel about espresso. <laughs> no, no, no. Me, me too. And I and I still like uh I guess there's there's few things that make me feel as uh just like yeah, sophisticated than um than a little cup of espresso with a little strip of lemon zest and um it's there's something really perfect about it and you know like I I don't make it at home so it's a uh, you know I, I get that like that like rush of like someone else has created this for me and served it to me and I don't know it's so nice yeah yeah that's a good point I don't make it at home either and so I associate it with like fancier events or nicer events yeah. or just with people with company and I normally drink things really quickly, but espresso I can go slowly with, which is nice. Mm. I can oh, enjoy wow. slowly. Yeah. Oh, that's funny because like I, there's like arguments about how it's most properly consumed, and <gasps> and uh -oh. like <laughs> and like a lot of people say that you're really supposed to shoot it. You're really not supposed to sip it. I sip it oh, too. No. I'm a sipper. <laughs> I couldn't shoot it. Uh, at least at this point, at this current stage. I couldn't do it, but maybe in the future. <laughs> I don't like shooting things. Learn. It's not pleasant. I don't know. Me either. Usually when I shoot something, it's because of what I'm shooting isn't pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? 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 Hmm. I want to savor it. Anyway. Exactly. Uh, okay. So you can see our past episode we did on coffee. It was quite lovely. Yes. Yes. Also, the episode we did on instant coffee. Sure. Which a lot of you wrote in about. Uh, yeah. Probably other things. But those are the two that come to mind. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness. And this one this one is so many, so many rabbit holes that I mm -hmm. couldn't or didn't go down. <laughs> We're going to yeah. have to do entire other episodes on, like, espresso machine technology. Yes. Um, like, like, modern technology and, like, how... It's continuing to develop, um, and I don't um, uh, different kind of espresso drinks that you can make. But mm -hmm. these are these yes. are not. This is not those episodes. Those no. many many nitpicky weird episodes, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll love to do in the yes. future. But for now, but for now, I guess this brings us to our question. It does espresso. What is it? Well, uh, espresso is a type of drink made via a specific process of uh, pushing a small amount of hot, pressurized water through packed coffee grounds to produce a strong shot of coffee. Uh, the term actually refers to the, the process. Um, the, the American English espresso uh, is a shortening of the original Italian cafe espresso. Um, or espresso-style coffee. We decided to just use it as a noun for the drink, too. Um, mm -hmm. And you can add any number of things, as I alluded to a moment ago, to straight espresso, uh, sweeteners, steamed milks, uh, flavored syrups, to create any number of other drinks. Um, but that base-level espresso is warm and bitter and a little thicker than normally brewed coffee, uh, dark brown in color, almost black with um with a little bit of um reddish brown to kind of like honey colored foam on top called crema that that adds a little bit to the to the texture. Um I know it's weird to say texture when you're talking about a liquid, but I feel like the word mouthfeel is even weirder. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, I don't take your pick of weird mm -hmm. words. Um and and espresso has the potential to have a whole range of flavors all on its own, depending on the, the beans and the roast level of the beans and the very precise way that the espresso was made. Um, you, you can get notes from like sweet to savory, uh, floral to fruity, like caramel to toast. Uh, coffee is a, a cocktail of flavor molecules and espresso is sort of a concentrated coffee. Uh, technically, it's like extra extracted, um, but concentrated works as a loose concept. Um, it's like a espresso is like it's like Robin Williams' genie. It's like phenomenal cosmic power, itty bitty living space. <laughs> 
You're so good at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm always impressed with these descriptions you come up with. Yeah. It's so small, but so much is packed in there. Yeah. So flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. Um, people are passionate about this stuff. And I would like to um to cautiously stress right off that I am not a barista, nor am I an engineer. Um, nor do I have personal skin in the game of like whether you want your water to be 192 degrees Fahrenheit or like 193. I do not have skin in the game of whether you brew at, um, eight bar or nine or six (gasps) (laughs) or lower than that. I, I, I would... I, I would never tell you what to do with no. with your espresso. <laughs> I want you to 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 experiment and form your own opinions and tell us about them uh, extensively. Mm-hmm. That was a nervous agreeable, but yes, but but yeah, agreeable well, is not a word. But uh, yeah, now uh-huh. it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> agreeable. My hands are up in the defensive position. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but okay. Very basically, uh, when you're making espresso, it's like turning everything about a drip coffee maker up to 11. Um, Like more pressure, finer grind, less time, go, go, go. Um, The idea here is to be able to make a shot of espresso in 25 seconds um, by compressing steam into water at just below the boiling point of water and then forcing it through coffee grounds. But having a machine that can precisely heat and pressurize water is really only half the equation. Um, The other half is like the physics of the grounds themselves. Um, So you grind coffee beans for espresso a lot finer than you would for regular coffee. Most regular coffee brewing operations call for like a a gritty sand-like texture. Yeah. Um, Espresso calls for more like like a powdered sugar texture. Very fine. Um, that's because, A, uh, a w- w- when, you, when you do this, you're um, increasing the surface area of the beans for, for the water to, to hit and come away with various coffee molecules quickly, um, which is what you're looking to do because in only 25 seconds. Um, but B, uh, you're, you're looking to, to slow down the water just slightly to give it time to pick up those molecules. Uh, and wet coffee grounds, um, especially when you grind them real fine, are a non-Newtonian fluid, um, meaning that they uh, kind of lock up when you subject them to stress or can do so. Um, lock up in exactly the way that, like, water does not. Um, you might have witnessed this uh, if you have ever dumped coffee grounds down your sink and suddenly the sink started backing up. And all you have to do is kind of swish them around, get them to unlock, and then they flow right through. Oh, now I understand a, a line from Captain America: Civil War that I never understood before. Thank you. <laughs> and when Tony Stark was so mad because they've been putting uh, coffee grounds down the disposal, <laughs> I was like, "Why? What? <laughs> I, I don't do it, but I was never sure why I didn't do it." So. <laughs> Okay, okay, you've solved like two mysteries for me right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like uh like ketchup. Um wet coffee grounds can lock up. Um which you've also seen if you've ever tried to get ketchup out of a heckin' bottle. Like a weirdo. <laughs> I sense some frustration. <laughs> I may have some pent-up glass bottle ketchup frustration. It's true. Mm. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um at at any rate, at any rate. Um uh so, so right, by grinding the coffee beans for espresso extra fine and then tamping them down tight in your in your filter basket, um, that first little bit of of hot water that hits them actually makes them lock up and like hold on to the incoming water for just a few extra seconds, um, strengthening the brew to the proper espresso level strength. That's so cool. Espresso physics. Espresso physics. I love it. <sighs> um, 
Frequently, you are also looking to roast your espresso-bound beans to a darker level than you would for normal coffee um, because you're, you're looking to bring the oils out for easy access. Um, the crema, by the way, on top of a shot of espresso, that, um, that little bit of foam, um, is wee droplets of um, coffee bean oil and other proteins and weird little coffee bits uh, suspended in water in like a colloidal structure uh like a like a whipped cream but coffee foam (laughs) all right got it yeah i love coffee foam and whipped cream so this is great yeah foams are great Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um so uh so you you do need some special equipment to create espresso, um, you need a grinder that's up to the task. Uh, the industry generally recommends burr-style grinders for this instead of the more common blade-style grinder. Um, and, right, you need a machine that can create steam and pressurize it into liquid water at just below boiling point and then shove it through fine ground coffee. That's it. Yeah! <laughs> no big! Yeah! <laughs> Uh, (laughs) these machines do come in a few different formats. Um, there's the sometimes derided, uh, stovetop or campfire, uh, type devices, uh, that are really simple. Um, like a, like a mocha pot. Yeah. Um, it's, these things are basically just, um, just two chambers with a disc for coffee grounds between them. And what you do is you, you fill the bottom chamber with water and bring that water to a boil, and the resulting pressure inside the device uh, will push the water um, up through the grounds and then further up into the waiting carafe. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, steam expands, pushes the water. Cool. Uh Note that this is only pressurized to like 1.5 times the normal air pressure that we humans normally hang out in. Um, And so this drink will be a little bit more bitter and a little bit thinner than other types of espresso. Pump-style machines, meanwhile, also have a heating chamber where you boil water, um, but that that steam is then pumped into uh, a small sealed chamber. This pumping system is capable of pressurizing the steam to like eight to 10 times that of normal air pressure. Um, Much, much more pressurized. Um, Under pressure, it condenses into liquid at, right, just below boiling temperature, and the resulting hot water is then uh, released down through your puck of ground coffee, um, which will have been uh, fitted into like a handheld device called a portafilter, um, which also has a spout on the bottom to pour the brewed espresso out into a little cup. Mm Mm-hmm. There are, these are the basics, and there are lots of variations on this technology. I mean, you have probably noticed that, like, the little, like, countertop device that you or a friend may have looks and sounds different from <laughs> the thing <laughs> at, a, at a coffee shop. The main difference you're looking at is that there are different kinds of pumps, Um, A manual pump is old school, but these days most modern machines have either a um, like a a fancy electric rotary pump. Um, Those are the cafe style machines usually or a more simple um, electric vibration pump with a with a piston. Um, Since the world has gone digital, though, um, computers can control the pressure and heat of these chambers pretty precisely. Um, There are different kinds of boilers. Professional machines will have two so that you can operate your your steam wand for for steaming milk um, independently and not have to kind of go back and forth temperature wise um, with your with your boiler. You can also have uh, different kinds of heads that connect the pressure chamber to the portafilter. Um, uh, you know, taking you know what's uh, what's what's releasing that hot water down into the grounds. Um, uh, some are connected straight to the boiler. Others are separate. Uh, no skin in which one is better. The separate <laughs> ones are cheaper and easier to replace. The connected ones um, are considered better by many humans. Hmm. I have a friend who, she got an espresso machine uh, for Christmas several years ago 
And uh, it looked intimidating to me, but she was very proud of it. And she Aww. loved it. I'll have to ask her. It was big. It's like, oof. For like this small drink, this is quite a big machine. <laughs> yeah, pumps are pumps are a serious thing. Um, it's I again, like I mean, like this is not entire entirely an episode about <laughs> espresso machine right. technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll have to reach out to her. Uh, this also reminds me of the time that uh, while we were at South by Southwest when we got the idea for this show, uh, me. And past host of Stuff Money Ever Told You, Caroline, accidentally broke uh, our boss's, Jerry's, uh, mocha pot. And we ran away like children. Yeah. We ran away like damn children. Yes, yes, you did. And tried to find super glue. <laughs> yes. That is what, that is what occurred. Um, it's the handle just kind of popped off. And yes, I was there. We all panicked. We all panicked. We panicked. And then Jerry could have cared less. She was like, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you don't want to disappoint Jerry. If if y'all no. listen to stuff you should know, then like you've probably heard many a tale of Jerry. Um, mm-hmm. She she is one of the sweetest like mama bear kind of humans on the planet, and like you just don't want to disappoint Jerry. <laughs> nope. But we yeah we definitely ran away. Yeah. Like I'm not even literally ran away. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What about <laughs> the nutrition? Uh, espresso has a small, uh, small smattering of micronutrients. Um, not a lot of macronutrients to speak of. Um, you know, a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of fat from the oils and the coffee beans. Um, and caffeine levels can vary. I, I drink drink responsibly. Yeah. Yeah. Caffeine hits me hard. <laughs> so oh, yeah, no, me careful. too. Me <laughs> too. Mm-hmm. One day we'll do a caffeine episode. That'll be interesting. No, uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we do have a one number for you? Uh, we do. Um, so the global market for espresso as a drink, just like shots of espresso, has been estimated to be worth uh, $13.8 billion a year as of 2022 and is wow. projected to grow. Um, this is a small segment of the much larger um, overall coffee industry um, and also a small segment of the much larger overall like espresso drink industry, which I don't have numbers for. Sorry about that. Anyway, <laughs> um, more espresso is made in cafes than at home, um, even, even through the pandemic. Europe still holds the largest market segment, uh, though South America is expected to grow the most over the next few years. Huh. And yeah, I would love to hear from listeners about this one, because from what I've read, the ordering practice around espresso can vary, uh, both in like the terms that you use, but just sort of the process that happens after that. I would just be curious uh, to hear about that from listeners from other countries. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I feel like here in the states, um, we have been so trained by Starbucks. Like, I feel like mm. that is where most of us like learned. <laughs> yeah, how to yeah. espresso, and and they have such a specific like corporate shakedown mm. going on that like it's it's really uh i hate the term authentic because like authentic can mean a whole lot of things and i'm pretty sure yeah. that it was developed as part of the world fairs which were really racist um so uh <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah yeah but uh but i do think that um right that is not how it goes in other places <laughs> right yeah and we are going to talk about uh that a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, World Fairs and Starbucks in the history section. <laughs> we will. Um, but first, we're going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. 
And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. back thank you sponsor yes thank you uh okay so yes uh see our coffee episode uh for a lot more information and context oh yeah also before we get into this one this is going to be a uh, fun with italian and i believe some other there's there german german oh uh-huh. mm. yeah so gonna try my best but it's gonna be fun yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So very, very briefly, historians and experts believe that coffee was most likely discovered in 9th century uh, Ethiopia. Um, or at least that's where the records are like, definitely by then, it was there. Yeah. Many sources posit that North African traders introduced coffee to Italy sometime during the 15th or 16th century. And coffee became very popular, an often expensive beverage that had a lot of intrigue around it in that area. This kind of like coffee culture really starting to grow. Yeah. All right. But espresso specifically, mm-hmm. most put the invention of the espresso in Italy over 100 years ago, something that was the direct result of the invention of the espresso machine. Mm-hmm. And in particular, this machine is often credited to a fellow named Angelo Moriando. At the time in Europe, coffee culture was, yes, it was booming, cafes were huge, but still it took some time to get the customers their order because of the technology that was available. Brewers and inventors across the continent started experimenting with ways to speed up the process, uh, particularly with steam, because steam machines were the top technology at the time. Uh Uh-huh. This resulted in a slew of patents and inventions, but Italian Angelo Moriando and his 1884 patent of a, quote, new steam machinery for the economic and instantaneous confection of coffee beverage is the one that is sort of regarded as the first. Yeah. All right. So let's break down this machine. It consisted of a big boiler that was heated to 1.5 bars of pressure. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) To push water through the coffee grounds and a second boiler to finish the product out. He created this product for the Turin, or Turin? I think it's Turin, uh, General Exposition, a bulk brewer. So it, it, it made a lot and the first known to use both water and steam. 
however, there is not much evidence at all in terms of things like photographs or even branding. The patent is really kind of the only thing we have ah, about this. Huh. Mm-hmm. We do know more about some of the other innovators of espresso and espresso machines from around this time. Two of the big ones were Luigi Bezzara and Deciardo Pavoni. Uh, Bezzara had a lot of knowledge and experience in terms of drinks and liqueurs, perhaps specifically. And by the 20th century, he is credited with inventing the single-shot espresso uh, into a cup, mostly due to his determination to speed up the brewing process. He did this by improving upon Moriando's original design, adding a portafilter, uh, more than one brew head, among other things uh, that, yeah, still exist in espresso machines today. Mm-hmm. With these innovations, it took seconds to brew a cup of espresso. However, it wasn't perfect. Because the machine was heated over an open flame, the shots it produced were inconsistent, and uh, overall it was kind of hard to control. He tried a few more prototypes but ran out of money. And also, he wasn't great in the marketing department, which seems like a theme so far. But all was not lost because he had a friend in high places like Pavoni. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So in 1903, Pavoni purchased the patents from Betzera and got to work on improving the design. One of his biggest contributions was the invention of the pressure release valve which meant that hot coffee wouldn't splash all over and potentially burn folks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also sped everything up even more. On top of that, Pavoni gets the credit for inventing the steam wand, which made it possible to get to extra steam that was available inside the boiler. Betzera and Pavoni came together for the 1906 Milan Fair to introduce the Cafe Espresso from their machine that was called EDL. Uh... At the time, this sort of steam-powered machine was really in vogue. (laughs) The picture gets a bit fuzzy from here. It's possible that Betsara improved even further on the machine, but he either faded away from the business or was bought out. Pavoni, meanwhile, began marketing these machines with the name Espresso. One of the slogans was, Made on the spur of the moment, or perhaps expressly, Hmm. as I read somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Though it also said perhaps the name was because the water was expressed through the coffee. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, Pavoni started to produce these machines commercially. After the IDL's debut at the Milan Fair, uh, the whole landscape of espresso changed, with people copying this machine or improving upon it, But yes, the first espresso machines of the 20th century primarily relied on steam power alone to push its way through the coffee grounds, producing up to 1,000 cups of espresso an hour. However, the resulting product still left a lot to be desired. It often tasted burnt or overly bitter than what most people would prefer. Uh, The pressure produced was low. (laughs) Another issue. While Italian coffee consumption was steadily rising until the 1920s, coffee was briefly deemed a luxury import in the early 20s with the new fascist government in Italy. And the installation of new espresso machines in Italian bars was banned for a short time, Mm -hmm. uh, with a few exceptions. Through things like this, coffee consumption dropped in Italy, and Italians started using the word barista to replace the English word barman as part of a campaign to erase foreign words, which, ah, like, huh. is a whole thing I really want to dig into at a later date. Yeah. Um, but for our purposes now, uh, that was kind of a hit in coffee and espresso culture in huh. Italy. Um, still, people kept refining and experimenting and testing Gas got replaced by electricity, the machines got smaller, uh, lighter and more efficient. However, Pavoni's machine reigned, and espresso was largely a regional Milan drink at this time. Um, He did have some competitors, including inventor Pierre Terracio Arduino, who really dedicated himself to finding a way to brew espresso without relying on only steam. Mm Um, he tried a bunch of different technical things, many that didn't pan out. You can tell that I was like, oh, that's over my head. Uh, but yeah, he tried a bunch of different things. Uh, but he was really excellent in the marketing department. Ah. 
Yes. Uh, he hired a graphic designer and created this whole marketing machine around espresso and espresso machines. Hmm. And through his efforts, Arduino uh, exported these machines throughout Europe. These innovations around the espresso machine uh, kept going until uh, around 1940 when Achille Gaja got the idea to improve the process of pressurizing the water with a hand-operated pump. Mm -hmm. uh, this removed the reliance on steam pressure alone and allowed for over two bar brewing, uh, up to eight to ten bars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the boiler size shrunk, and this new design also standardized the size of a shot, since the cylinders on these lever groups were limited to holding one ounce of water. Which, again, I'm so interested in. Yeah. Um, this is also where the whole pulling a shot comes from, uh, even though the process today is largely automated. Uh, from this innovation, baristas discovered crema, or that foam, yeah, that is often floating atop espresso. Uh, there was a whole branding thing that happened around this, too, because at first, customers thought that this was, like, this crema was scum or something that you really didn't want. Oh, Mm-hmm. But clever marketers are able to essentially label it as Café Creme uh, and basically make it sound like only the best quality coffee could produce it. Like, you were so lucky to have this. <laughs> <laughs> you should be paying more for this. Oh, goodness. I love all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the innovations were not over, though. And in fact... Like, even today, again, like, with my friend with her fancy machine, she got it Christmas, still ongoing. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But okay, in 1961, Ernesto Valente invented the FIMA E61, E61, that came with a motorized pump to create nine bars of pressure, a heat exchanger to maintain the ideal temperature, and it was smaller, streamlined, it was stainless steel, it was more versatile, it was very popular. Also, perhaps a different episode, mm -hmm. uh... But I did want to mention the espresso martini uh, was probably, uh, probably when I do the research, so much more will come out. But uh -huh. a basic Google search probably invented in the 1980s. Uh, and yeah, according to a quick search, British bartender Dick Bradsell was working at the Fred's Club. Uh, in the 80s, uh, when an unnamed model came to the bar and asked for something to wake me up and fuck me up. <laughs> Uh, and he whipped together a drink of sugar, vodka, coffee liqueur, and espresso. Uh, but yes, of course, as with all those cocktail hours, a lot of conflicting tales. I'm very excited to, to dig into it in the future. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, especially coffee shops were a rarity in the 60s in the United States. Um, but that was something that changed in the 80s, in part, thanks to the first Starbucks opening in 1987. I think several opened that year. Um, nowadays, there are over 5,500 Starbucks locations around the world, and it's, yeah, practically a joke that there are two on every corner. <laughs> and all of them offer espresso. And yeah, for for all of the like 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 new shiny drinks that the brand offers um, seasonally, all the time, all the time. Um, the just espresso option went unchanged for basically forty three years. Um, the first time that they began marketing a second different roast of espresso, blonde roast, uh, was in twenty eighteen. Oh. I had a, a past coworker of ours before. What well, back when I thought espresso was still so fancy, she ordered an espresso one time. We were at a work event at Starbucks or something. Hmm. I remember thinking, like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've come so far. <laughs> As have espresso innovations. Yes, <laughs> um, because yes. As as we said, you've, I'm sure you've seen the ads. Like these these people love this product, and so the innovations keep coming. There are computerized machines that just look so sleek and advanced, and it's really funny to me because there was a line I read somewhere in the history portion, one of the articles from the history portion, where they were talking about how sleek these old vintage machines look, and mm -hmm. I feel like that's coming back as a retro thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, it also reminds me like a lot of, I don't know, like there's, there's a certain like 
it's it's more than the steampunk aesthetic, but this all mm-hmm. certainly does tie into the steampunk aesthetic. So I'm like, all yeah. right, okay, okay, espresso. <laughs> um, yeah. Back to cocktails for a second. Um, right now, with the uh, cocktail renaissance that we are in, mixed drink applications of espresso are expected to like pretty seriously fuel market growth over the next few years, especially with um with new prepackaged espresso products coming out for like bars and home consumers to use without needing to brew it fresh. Um, although I am positive that many humans would argue that if it's not fresh brewed, it's not really espresso. <laughs> this reminds me of uh I don't know if you've ever seen back when Conan had his show. Uh Jordan Slansky, his producer, really loved espresso. There was an episode where he just went off about espresso. Oh. And I was like, I can't tell if you're being serious or if this is a bit, but I'm very nervous right now. <laughs> I'm very, very nervous. <laughs> There's an intensity. I I I like like I said, like I love the intensity. I want to mm-hmm. hear all about it, but please don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't come for us. No. I did go on a rabbit hole after this episode of looking at espresso cocktails, which is funny because I really have no way of making espresso currently, but yeah. I was just curious. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh and then final note. Apparently in 2022, an Italian coffee bar was fined 1,000 euros after a customer was charged 2 euros for a decaf espresso and the price wasn't listed on the menu. He called the police. It was a whole thing. And again, this is something I want to look into because apparently this is a law. Like you can't pull this. Oh, uh, you, you have to list your prices on the menu situation? I think you have to list your prices and listeners write in, I believe there's a set price for espresso. I think oh, there's like, huh. I, I could be wrong, but that's what this article made it sound like was like, you don't go above this or whoa. I can't remember if it was a law or if it's just kind of like a general understanding. Huh. <laughs> um, yeah, de- but, definitely I mean, let us know and or we can look into it right at a later time and date. Interesting. Yes. Oh, I would love to look into that more. Uh, well, that is for future us, though. Huh. Um, in the meantime, listeners, we have tasked you with a lot of uh, prompts yeah. to write into us yeah. about. Uh, so please, please do. Uh, we have some listener mail from humans who have already written to us. Uh, but first, we are going to take one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with a listener. Wow, that went places. That's how I feel when I have espresso. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of energy. (laughs) Like your blood is just doing a parade right through your body. Mm -hmm. But in the best way. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gabrielle wrote, Hello, just got through listening to your horseradish episode. My mother and I are of German descent. She always grew a horseradish plant wherever she was living and would take great pride in grading her own whenever she made a pork roast for dinner. If we had company, it was the guest honor to grate the horseradish root. It always made for interesting comments as they would start sniffling and crying from the smell of it. There's nothing like fresh grated horseradish. Also, if you buy the prepared horseradish, I would suggest the one that comes in the refrigeration section, which has no extra preservatives in it, and it's true horseradish root. If you mix it with sour cream, you'll get the creamy version. Every episode brings me so many memories. Thank you for taking me down memory lane. Aww. Well, thank you for sharing. And I love this. I love that you have a tradition where the guests grade it and then they cry. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. That's so good. <laughs> that is amazing. I I love, I love this. I love, oh, I I, I love, I love like like how households honor guests, especially at a dinner yeah. table. It's always such an interesting, like personal uh tradition. Um also mm-hmm. super second uh buying the refrigerated prepared horseradish. That is the only way to go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because this, to me, that combination of, like, pork roast and horseradish sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. So, all right. I'll keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Mm. Uh, Kina, or perhaps Kenna, I'm I'm so sorry, uh, uh, they wrote, On the island of Malta, there exists a soda pop called Kinney. It's flavored with bitter orange. When I studied abroad there in 2011, it was a rite of passage for students to try a sip. We then made a face and exclaimed how incredulous it was that it was such a popular drink. I can't bear the thought of wasting food, so when I found myself with nearly an entire bottle of Kinney, I committed to drinking it all. Over the course of a week or so, I sipped from my bottle of flat, room-temperature, bitter orange Kinney, and I began to like it. By the end of my time there, I was purchasing bottles of Kinney just because I wanted some. Since then, I've thought about buying Kinney online, but it's a little pricey to ship overseas. Anyway, I thought you all should know that this exists. The Moxie episode made me want to find a bunch of lesser known or regional sodas and have a tasting night. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I've never heard of that one, but I love bitter orange. I want to try that immediately. Yeah. Yeah, and that just sounds so fun. That reminds me of, uh, we have the World of Coke here in Atlanta, and they have, like, a final room, which is just Coca-Cola flavors from around the world. Yeah. Um, and there's all kinds of stuff in there. And so your tasting night reminds me of, like, a much calmer, more, uh, less stressful, I'll say, uh, version of yeah, that. of the World of Coke. Yeah, which is, like, inevitably sticky. <laughs> And there's like Sticky. children. <laughs> yeah. And everybody wants to try everything. Yeah. And it just is chaos. Yeah. But, I, mean, I mean, I had fun, but definitely this sounds more <laughs> low key. Yes. Uh, and highly, yeah, we encourage you to do it. And if you do, please let us know how it goes. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. Yes. 
Uh, and in the meantime, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.